I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. We can save lives and we can save livelihoods at the same time. Whether we are able to do that is, I think, much more of a political question. It is a leadership question. I want to emphasize that there is no dichotomy between those two things. We can protect people from facing an enormous amount of poverty, a kind of poverty that they would never have faced before. And we can also protect businesses. Those two things are not conflicting. Robbie, curious lang. Fan ka ba ng Star Wars? Sakto lang. Uh, if you ask me, I'm more of a Star Trek fan. Pero ba't mo natatanong? At anong kinalaman nito sa economics? <laughs> Nalala mo ba yung scene sa episode 5, The Empire Strikes Back, kung saan Finrisi, Han Solo, and Carbonite at dinala sa lair ni Jabba the Hutt? Oh, naalala ko yun. Nag-survive naman si Han Solo, obviously. Na-unfreeze siya, di ba, ni Princess Leia by episode 6 sa Return of the Jedi. Tandaan nyo lang yung scene na yun kapag pinag-usapan natin ang episode na to kasi magiging helpful siya mamaya. Sige, JC. Sige. Naintriga ako. Start na natin tong usapan. Ako si JC Punong Bayan and welcome sa Usapang Econ Podcast. Ang Usapang Econ Podcast ay proyekto ng mga batang ekonomista na naglalayong gawing mas fun, relatable, at understandable ang economics. At ako naman po si Robby Alampay ng Puma Podcast. Sa episode na to, nagsani puwersa ang Usapang Econ Team at Puma Podcast para pag-usapan ang epekto ng coronavirus outbreak sa ekonomiya. Nung nakarang episode, tinanong natin sila JC, Mayen, Jeff at Miharu tungkol sa microeconomics aspect ng ating lockdown. Inexplore natin ang mga behavior ng mga tao sa panahon na to at kung paano nito naapektuhan ang supply ng bilihin sa mga grocery at sa pangkalahatang quarantine. Ngayon naman, bola nasa korte ng gobyerno. Maliban sa response ng mga individual, nakikita natin na ang may pinakamalaking responsibilidad sa panahon ng krisis ay ang ating mga leader. Kasama na dito, mga mayor, representatives, senador, kabinete, polis at siyempre ang pangulo. Ang COVID-19 ay nagdulot ng isang malalang krisis pang ekonomiya. At maraming ekonomista ngayon ang nag-aabang sa magiging hakbang ng ating economic managers. Paano nga ba dapat harapin ang krisis na ito? Bakit ba natin hininto o finrease ang ating ekonomiya? At kailan safe paanda rin ito muli? Kamakailan ay naglabas ang UP School of Economics ng position paper tungkol sa mga isyu na ito. At ang isa sa mga author ay isa pang bata-batang ekonomista na si Alfredo Paloyo o Palois. Para sa episode na ito ay tinawagan natin siya via Skype. My name is Alfredo Paloyo or Palois to my Filipino friends. I'm a senior lecturer at the University of Wollongong in Australia. Recently, the UP School of Economics, to which both you and JC are part of the community, 
came out with a paper on COVID-19 and its impact on the economy, uh, leading to some recommendations. Maybe give us the 30-second to one-minute synopsis of what that paper says. So, first of all, we recognize kasi na malaki yung impact ng quarantine measures that have been put in place by the government on uh, the economy. But alam naman natin na yun ang uh, recommendations ng epidemiologists. No? That's uh, one way or perhaps the best way to contain the spread of the virus. Kaya lang kasi that type of measure will exact a uh, very high cost on people's livelihoods and their lives. Ang uh, plano namin na nilalatag dito is some kind of social protection for those people who are most vulnerable to that type of measure. In particular, yung mga mahihirap, lalo na yung mga arawan yung sweldo, hindi sila makakapagtrabaho, kailangan nila ng assistance. That's the first pillar. Yung second pillar kasi is for the businesses, in particular, small, medium-scale enterprises, na, you know, they're not going to be bankrupt in normal times, but unfortunately, the uh, quarantine measures will pretty much ensure that they will face a very, very large liquidity gap. So ang call namin is for the uh, government to bridge this liquidity gap for them. And then the third pillar is... Uh, to create an environment for these uh, businesses and their employees to put us back on a positive uh, growth trajectory after we have passed the public health crisis. And that is primarily the role of the uh, Philippine Central Bank or the Banco Central ng Pilipinas. And that is, of course, to provide enough liquidity in the market so that the businesses can eventually soak up this uh, money and invest it for capital or rehiring their employees that they had to let go or furloughed uh, during the time. So you know three pillars that uh, we are looking at. One basic premise to what we've been saying is that, yes, not just the whole country, but the whole world is slowing down. Everybody's afraid of a recession. Everybody's predicting and is accepting, in fact, that there will likely be a recession. But what we're saying is, well, even though we look at it on a global level and the shared experience is certainly on a national level, one basic premise to your paper is that, look, we are all still experiencing COVID and this quarantine and this lockdown in different ways. We can speak as a nation, but the reality is different people from different sectors are, in fact, experiencing it in different ways. We don't want to avoid a recession in this case. I think that is one of the things that we wanted to emphasize. The recession that the economy is going to experience, and I should say the economies, because this is a global thing, right, is something that is desired. In fact, that is what the solution is to the public health crisis. We want to restrict economic activity. So the recession is inevitable. And in fact, it is an optimal kind of recession, because if you keep stimulating the economy, and I can go back to this idea of uh, stimulus and that kind of semantics. If you want to stimulate the economy, you're going to put people out there on the streets, right? And they're going to be spreading the virus. That's not what you want. In fact, the idea is you want a recession. You want to freeze, to use JC's term, or what I would call, you want the economy to hibernate for a while. You want a social protection or a social safety net system to be in place and so that people can be comfortable. It's counterintuitive to what people usually understand about recessions. I think that's one of the more important points in the paper na uh, you make a distinction between a typical fiscal stimulus to what you call a social insurance package. Uh, can you elaborate a bit, Palois, do a distinction between that and a typical fiscal stimulus? So on the surface, 
halos walang pagkakaiba between uh, fiscal stimulus and the kind of policies that we are proposing here. It involves an injection of cash right into the economy. But we take a special section in our paper because we feel that it is a very important point. Kasi pag sinabi mong fiscal stimulus, which is the way NEDA has been framing it and the way the Makati Business Club uh, has been framing it as well in their statement and the way news articles and TV presenters talk about it as a stimulus package, hindi magandang framing yun. The point is, yep. it's a social protection package so that people can stay at home. And then the question that we should ask, therefore, is... Did we manage to minimize the unnecessary economic harm that people will face during the crisis? At the end of the day, if you start calling it a stimulus package, then at some point in the future, when we look back and we start to evaluate whether the, the whole thing worked, people will ask the question, what sort of economic activity did it generate? And that's the wrong question to ask. We don't need a stimulus package right now. What we need is a social insurance package. That's clear. But at some point, we will need to put grease on the economy, get the gears turning again. A stimulus package, kung tawagin nyo nga. Kailan yun papasok? The stimulus can come later. Habang nangyan yung problema sa public health, then the resources... I think should be devoted to resolving the public health crisis first and foremost. Our stimulus is something that we should start really, really talking about when we've already made sure that nobody is going to be left behind. Exactly. I could not have said it better. Only the following. There is no conflict between the two. We can save lives and we can save livelihoods at the same time. Whether we are able to do that is, I think, much more of a political question. It is a leadership question. I want to emphasize that there is no dichotomy between those two things. We can protect people from facing an enormous amount of poverty, a kind of poverty that they would never have faced before. And we can also protect businesses. Those two things are not conflicting. I think the reason policymakers are not used to this type of language, fiscal stimulus versus social protection program, because it gives a feel for the magnitude of the problem we're encountering. The world hasn't seen an economic crisis of this magnitude. When we talk about fiscal stimulus, we typically call it the Keynesian stimulus after John Maynard Keynes, a prominent economist back in the 1930s, was suggested that government should step in to uh, pump prime the economy kapag uh, meron ganong klaseng economic distress. But even Keynes did not see this type of economic downturn. So, in fact, kanina may nabasa rin akong article ni Nouriel Rubini, also called Dr. Doom. Sabi niya, uh, doon sa article niya, yung contraction daw, kasi economists are talking about ano ba yung recovery later on? V-shape ba to or U-shape? Gano kabilis yung recovery? Pero sinabi niya parang yung shape yata parang letter I. In other words, parang vertical line na as in complete plummeting talaga ng world economy. I think that's uh, one of the reasons kung bakit we're not used to talking about this type of social protection stimulus. Eh. To make it so much more simple, I think for the vast majority of listeners. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Have to get 30, 30, to get 30, bet you get 20, 20, 20, bet you get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question and take advantage of 30% off? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com to get 30% off. Select lab-grown diamonds. That's BlueNile.com for 30% off lab-grown diamonds. BlueNile.com. I don't want to call it fiscal stimulus. You know what it really is? I'll tell you what it is. It's disaster relief. It's what it is. Is there a technical term for what you just described that really just blew my mind? This concept of, no, this is, in fact, an embracing of recession. I, I don't think there is. It's so new. In fact, this idea of a disaster relief kind of semantics is so obvious to some people because the damage to the economy can be compared to like a hurricane. That's the kind of destruction that this pandemic has inflicted upon many economies. How do you translate hibernation for a typical family scenario? I think this uh, boils down to the fact that we really couldn't go out of our houses just yet. So we all better just hunker down in our houses until this epidemic comes to pass. Maswerte yung mga pwedeng mag-work from home. So merong stable internet connection, tsaka hindi naman talaga kailangan pumunta sa office. Pero for the vast majority of our population kasi, especially for those in the informal sector, ay kailangan talagang lumabas ng bahay. So ang priority dito ay tanggap natin at gusto natin na wag lumabas ang mga tao. At tulad ng sinabi ni Paloy, is optimal na magkaroon tayo ng economic downturn. Pero in the meantime, yun nga. So ang problema ay, saan kukunin ng mga tao ang pera nila? Kailangan bumuo ang gobyerno ng economic relief package na ito nga yung uh, isa sa mga sangkap ng uh, Bayanihan to Heal as One Law na pinirmahan ni Pangulong Luterte nung isang araw. Kasi kasama doon ay bibigyan daw yung 18 million of the poorest households in the Philippines ng 5,000 hanggang 8,000 pesos kada buwan for two months. Pero yung actual na matatanggap mo na pera, nakadepende kung ano yung minimum wage na nagpre-prevail doon sa kung saan region ka. So I think doon importante, Robbie, yung punto mo about the timeline. So merong disaster relief pero hanggang kailan dapat ito ibigay ng gobyerno ang nandun sa batas ay dalawang buwan makakatanggap ang bawat pamilya. Pero ang tanong ay, unang-una, sapat na ba yun? Dati, kung naalala natin, yung mga tao nagre-reklamo sila, yung neda daw sinabi, ay, ah, 10,000 pesos, sapat na yan for a decent living for a family of five. Eh, what more ngayon na wala talagang income, tapos, hindi makakapagtrabaho ang mga breadwinners, tapos ang bibigay mo lang, 5,000. So, may tanong dun sa kung sapat ba yung 5,000. Tapos, ang tanong din ay, afford ba ng gobyerno itong uh, economic relief package na to? Kasi dun pa lang sa emergency subsidy na nabanggit ko ay kung sabayhin mo na 7,500 on average ang makukuha ng isang pamilya, times 18 million households ay 270 billion pesos na agad yun. So, maraming tanong dun. 
kung yung disaster relief na yun ay sapat ba ibibigay natin sa mga tao at ma-afford ba ng gobyerno? Can we afford that? And how long can we afford it? The bad news is that, according to experts abroad, I, this could take anywhere between 12 to 18 months. And if you can imagine freezing the economy for a year, that's totally unimaginable. Ang timeline ng enhanced community quarantine natin ay by April 14, matatapos na ito. Pero base dun sa mga nakikita natin kaso na patuloy na tumataas ay parang hindi pa rin natin magagawa yun. Kasi kapag buksan natin yung or i-revive natin yung economy, baka bumalik yung ganong klaseng risks ng epidemic. In other words, baka mag-blow ulit yung bilang ng kaso ng COVID-19 kapag recklessly ay buksan natin yung ekonomiya ulit natin kasi natatakot tayo dun sa economic impact. So I guess even economists abroad are in agreement na the first order of business is to really solve the public health problem. Yung ekonomiya later on, siguro give it a year, two years, three years, makaka-recover yan eh. Pero ang mahirap ay yung mamamatay yung mga tao in the process. So JC, is that a long way of saying that from an economics perspective to the question of can we afford this and how long can we afford it, the reality is quite frankly we don't know. Well, right now, uh, I think from actions of the Banco Central and the Department of Finance, I think they're raising money to the tune of 800 billion so far. So in terms of yung pera, may mga paraan eh. Pero uh, another constraint doon ay gano'ng kabilis mabibigay yung assistance. Kasi for example, yung emergency subsidy sa mga mahihirap, although there's an infrastructure in place, ay marami pa rin yung mga pamilya na hindi enrolled doon sa Pantawid Pamilya Program. So you have to reach out to them. At syempre, hindi naman lahat may ATM or bank account. And then for the SMEs as well, parang walang klaro pang direksyon kung paano natin mabibigay yung assistance sa kanila. So it's really a matter of funding and yung logistics eh. We started this episode with the three pillars affected by this coronavirus epidemic. We've put forth solutions on how to properly address this or at the very least, how to think about it. So let's end with the roadblocks. What will keep us from solving the problem? There are three crises here. One is a public health crisis. The second one is an economic crisis. And I think increasingly we've come to realize there is a leadership crisis. The first one, the public health crisis, is our biggest concern. There is no point talking about whether we can afford it or not if we are unable to solve the public health crisis. And as JC mentioned, Robbie, the People who are working in that area are really the heroes here. We're waiting for them to come up with some sort of solution with a better treatment or, if we're lucky, a vaccine. That's really what's going to solve the entire problem. Unfortunately, that is beyond the economists' purview. So we're just going to have to defer to the public health experts and let us know when we can take our foot off the pedal of the uh, quarantine or a lockdown. So that's issue number one. The second issue is the economic issue. Yes, we want to hibernate the economy. Of course, we cannot do this indefinitely. But we also know that some models out there allow for 
a complete shutdown of the economy for a very short period of time and then easing of the shutdown to see whether the uh, contagion flares up again. Whether we can afford that in the long run is a difficult question to answer. I don't think anybody knows this, but in the very near term, I think we can with absolute certainty. We have enough fiscal space. The economy has been doing so well over the past few years. We have sufficient fiscal space to do this. And not only that, we also have enough monetary space to do this. Systems are strong enough to at least be weathering this storm for two, three, maybe even four months. So the money is there. We will be able to provide it. But the problem is we are confronted with the third crisis, which is, I think, the leadership crisis. And it's much more acute in a country like the Philippines and maybe even in the U.S. If you recall from what we have been saying so far, the solution requires a huge amount of individual sacrifice. We are really being asked to contribute to the collective good by giving up a lot. Ang laki ng hinihingi ng gobyerno from us. Ang problema is, most people would be willing to give it, I think. Most people in the Philippines are very much nationalistic. Ang problema kasi is, ang nakikita nila from the leadership is that they are not willing to give it up, right? Person under monitoring ka na nga, nag-SNR ka pa. I mean, what, what, what is this, right? And you're asking the most vulnerable sectors of society to stay at home and quarantine themselves and live off of disaster relief goods na mga delata. And everybody, I think by now, sees that there is also some sort of festering leadership crisis that they are really unable to resolve in their own minds. Bakit ganito na may mga taong ang laki-laki nang hinihingi sa atin pero wala naman silang ibinibigay. I think itong tatlong crisis na nabanggit ni Palois, indikasyon talaga kung gaano kalaki itong problema ang kinakaharap natin. At magiging interesting din na abangan kung paano natin ibabalance lahat ng trade-offs in the coming weeks and months. Robin, natatandaan mo pa ba yung Star Wars metaphor sa simula ng episode? That's what we need. Yes, to freeze. I think the sooner tanggapin ito ng mga tao, the better it will be in the long run. Hindi naman ito forever eh. Eventually, we will thaw. And when we do, we'll be ready. Muli, ako si JC Punong Bayan. At ako naman po si Robbie Alampay. Mag-subscribe sa Usapang Econ sa inyong favorite podcast channels. At i-follow kami sa aming blog, usapangecon.com at sa Facebook at Twitter at Usapang Econ. Ang Usapang Econ Podcast ay isang Puma Podcast production. Ang nagproduce ng episode na to, sina Carl Javier at Kat Ventura sa tulong ni na Mark Casillian at Hali Fernando. Nag-edit naman si Nina Toralba. Maraming salamat po. softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.